And open your Bibles, please, to Revelation chapter 18. Revelation 18, verse 1, as we're in a series, Strength for Today, Hope for Tomorrow. And we come to the 18th chapter. Revelation 18, verse 1, and this is the Word of God. And after this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. The earth was made bright with his glory, and he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She's become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I'm no widow, and the mourning I shall never see. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she'll be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the, earth, of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses and chariots and slaves, that is human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed is gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment and weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in a single hour... All this wealth has been laid waste. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth, for in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints, apostles, and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters, will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. 
and the voice of the bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and all who have been slain on earth. And join me. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these words this morning that are sobering words. We ask your Spirit's help to grasp, Father, what you're saying to us in this chapter. Lord, how it applies to the way you want us to think, the way you want us to talk, the way you want us to live. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure if I invited you, more than a few of you could uh, sing the song uh, of the words uh, that were popular more than half a century ago. A long, long time ago, I still remember when, uh, how that music used to make me smile. I know if I had a chance uh, that I could make those people dance, and maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver with every paper I delivered, bad news on the doorstep. I could not take one more step. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widow bride, but something touched me deep inside what? The day the music died. Uh, Those sobering words of Don McLean's ballad uh, gripped a generation, people looking and discussing, what did he mean? With each stanza that ended with the day the music died. And while we could discuss that, or ironically, Burt Bacharach dying this week, bring that up, I suppose, we will not. Instead, I want us to see what the Bible means when it describes the day the music died. Chapter 70 and 19, remember, describe one of the saddest days in human history. It's the fall of the kingdoms of this world. And they do so with three messages about Babylon's fall, three laments over the fall, and then one pronouncement making a total of seven. That's right. All right. So... Now, we looked at the first message last week, the end of chapter uh, 17, in which the judgment against Babylon is announced. We're amazed to see how, how one who seemed so beautiful, so strong, so self-assured, uh, suddenly is despised and hated uh, by her closest allies. Suddenly her frailty was exposed. Uh, and like a prostitute, she's not loved. She's just used. Now today, John focuses on the economic impact um, of Babylon's fall. Remember, Babylon is a symbol of Rome. It's a symbol of the whole Psalm 2 world that's in rebellion against God and His Son, Jesus. It's the center of the kingdom of darkness. So to look at the day the music died, let's, let's go to the text. We'll start with message 2, Babylon Falls. Verse 1, After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, And the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual morality. And the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So the judgment announced... And the message one's now been carried out. This angel who has great authority, who has the splendor of light, and yes, some suggest, is this Jesus? And some think it is. I, I don't think so. I think it's, it is an angel. Um, speaks out with a mighty voice. And again, we need the help of the Old Testament. Um, we, um, 
we don't have time to read all of the references that John uses. Put a number of some of them in your notes for you. But he goes to Jeremiah, he goes to Isaiah. Uh, he includes Tyre's fall there in Ezekiel 27. Uh, and what basically he's doing is using the fall of Old Testament Babylon uh, as a model for the fall of the future Babylon, the future kingdoms of God. And you remember, basically, Old Testament Babylon fell in a single day, invaded by the Medes and Persians with their, a sneak attack. Remember, it took place on the night of the handwriting on the wall that Daniel translated. Uh, and, and so John borrows directly from Isaiah's predictive language, fallen, fallen is Babylon. Like Isaiah, John's using the prophetic past tense to indicate the certainty of his prediction. By repeating fallen, of course, it's, it's for emphasis. So Jeremiah describes fallen Babylon this way. Babylon shall become a heap of ruins, the haunt of jackals, a horror and a hissing without inhabitant. Friends, that's what happened in the most powerful city on the planet. The Gord Babylon became what John will call a dwelling place for demons. Isaiah described it as a place for, for goat demons. This is a picture of the absence of God's presence and of Satan's rule. And you wonder, is that happening around us? Perhaps you saw the clip from last Sunday's Grammys as, as uh, Satan's rule and reign were, were celebrated in a dark ritual dance. Surely Satan and his demons danced for joy as they watched a crude celebration of spiritual darkness broadcast to the world. And all the earth's nations with their kings and merchants are implicated for their preoccupation with growing rich. They deliberately chosen to live as if God is not real. And they drink wine with Babylon to celebrate the creation and not the creator. Keep in mind, first century Rome was the world's wealthiest city. Her goods came from all over the known world. Her ships crisscrossed the Mediterranean picking up merchandise. And in turn, those nations along the Mediterranean traded with the nations further inland. And so you get that massive list uh, of items here. Uh, sort of reminds me, I know it's not quite the same, but I drive around here in Hall County and Jackson County, all the warehouses and distribution centers. Think of all the stuff in all those places um, that's there. Uh, certainly, the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of our luxurious living. And the point is how the world's merchants compromise with Babylon's immorality and idolatry in order to prosper financially. Friends, we've got to be sure we're not so focused on, on pursuing wealth and pleasure that we compromise with the world. Uh, that, that, that we... we, we so, well, let's keep our mind on what the Bible and the Catechism prioritize for us. While we find delight in God's creation, and we do, our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We find our real joy uh, in God our Creator, in God our Redeemer. We find our joy in the cross of Jesus Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, who brings us such a great salvation. So given that, message is quite clear. Saints, come out. Then heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. 
For sins are heaped as high as heaven. God's remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others. And repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come in a single day. Death and mourning and famine she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who judged her. And so you have this unidentified voice from heaven speaks out. And we can tell this is before Babylon's fall. And the call to God's people is quite simple. Come out of her. Uh, don't play when the saints come marching in. All right, Play when the saints go marching out. Um, and let's be very clear. This is what God's calling us to do. We must separate ourselves from the immorality and the excessive materialism that surrounds us. Again, not compromise with it. Babylon's voice here is quite arrogant. And when the culture speaks up, sometimes a compromise might seem kind to us. Even loving as we watch people struggle with sin. And it might help us get rich. But friends, compromise is not loving. uh, Because sin always destroys. So we've got to break with a culture that's destroying children. That's destroying families. With a lifestyle that's centered on materialism. Again, we've got to love the Creator more than the creation. There's no question the great danger we face is adopting the worldly spirit that the people of Rome had. When the church fails to live distinctively as the people of God, redeemed by Jesus Christ, walking in the Spirit by His Word, set apart to God as salt and light in this world, uh, then the church no longer... See, is the church, but it's only another uh, of, the, of, of the great prostitutes' lovers. Babylon, the world, will be judged. And the warning is here, church, don't take part in our sins. Though we live in the world, and we have gospel ministry in the world, how do we then come out of it, lest we participate? How, how does that happen? Go back to Lot's wife. You remember the angels are leading Lot and his wife and his, his daughter's out of Sodom as the judgment begins. And they give the clear direction. Do not look back. But the problem for Lot's wife was this. You could take her out of Sodom. But you could not take Sodom out of Lot's wife. And her lust for the things she left behind caused her to turn around for just one last look. And she turned into a pillar of salt. The reality was, we read this, is the people of Babylon, the people of Rome, of this world, have piled up sins to heaven. The language is reminiscent of the building of the Tower of Babel. Uh, And now there's no room for sin anymore. It's reaching up close to heaven itself. And God's going to act. And Babylon will receive the punishment due to their rebellion. You see, Babylon glorified themselves. But we know fire is God's consuming judgment. And even as ancient Babylon fell in a single night, so too modern day Babylon will fall. Friends, that's what gives us such urgency to carrying out the Great Commission. 
That's why the task of mission stays before us. Now we find three laments of the friends of Babylon. What I want to do is just make a few comments ahead for you things to listen for as we go through this. This is Babylon after the fall. And the three friends that speak out are all those who prospered from Babylon. The kings, the merchants, the businessmen, and then the sailors of the sea. And all the doings listening to what Jeremiah said, suddenly Babylon's fallen and been broken. Wail for her. Uh, heartbroken by all that they're losing. They'll stand back, hoping not to get caught up in her destruction. But ultimately, they will, as we'll see uh, in the further chapters. For those who doubt the language of a single day, just check out the rapid results of the, of, of the Berlin Wall coming down, how quickly one government fell after another. Uh, go back to how quickly COVID shut down the world's economy. Uh, and while they express sorrow, there's no repentance. Notice that. Let's listen to what they have to say. Kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots and slaves. That is human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you. And all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you. Never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, and with gold, with jewels, and with pearls. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, Sailors and all those whose trade is on the sea stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? They threw dust on their heads and they wept and mourned, crying aloud, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. As one writer put it, it does not take too much for a civilization to collapse when it does not fear God. And this is inevitable uh, end of any society that's focused on the here and now and not on eternity. They cannot give up the pleasures of this world despite knowing what will follow. They loved and, and traded all sorts of goods. This is quite a list of what they enjoyed and engaged in the tragedy of human slavery. Friends, we're looking at a picture of our own materialistic nation as it walks away from God. Today, the world prospers off of slave uh, sweatshops in China. Super Bowl this weekend, there were many victimizing women and men as they trafficked them 
or pay for their services. And the world's reaction to their loss of these things shows us what false repentance is. They're just sorry about the results. They mourn over what they've lost, but they're not driven to God with their sorrow. They don't mourn over their involvement in Babylon's idolatry. They're driven to despair because they've lost the material things that are most precious to them. Then we come to verse 20, and there's an initial question we need to answer. Who's speaking? The verse says, Rejoice over her, O heavens, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Now remember, New Testament Greek doesn't have any punctuation marks. The ESV Bible puts these words in the mouths of the, of the sailors, which quite frankly seems odd and weird and wrong. Okay, let's just say it. Uh, this is the voice of an angel speaking, perhaps the second angels before. Do you remember the martyrs back in chapter 6 who said, How long until God acts on behalf of, of the martyrs for the faith? And God said then what? Just a little longer. And now the question is answered. And God summons His people to rejoice. Not at the pain of those who are suffering, being judged. Rather that God's being vindicated as holy and righteous. And that God's being vindicated that He has sided with His people. And then comes the description. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and be found no more. Remember, Jeremiah made a very similar pronouncement. When you finish reading this book, tie a stone to it and cast it to the midst of Euphrates and say, Thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more. Friends, the end has come. Then verse 22. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters, will be heard in you no more. This is the day the music died. Uh, think of the joy that, that music brings to our lives. You know, we, we probably all have wide and very music taste. Prove it. Uh, some of you liked Burt Bacharach, some of you don't even know who he was, all right? Don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, now imagine today if there was no more music, if there were no more songs to sing, what would it be like? Remember the poignant description that Deborah gives there of, of, the, of the oppression that they were experiencing in the book of Judges. She said, village life had ceased. And here we read, a craftsman to be craft, we found you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard you no more, and the light of a lamp will shine on you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard you no more, for your merchants were the great ones of the earth. And all nations were deceived by your sorcery. Village life comes to a halt. No more craftsmen. Undoubtedly, the craftsmen who are Christians who have been cast out of the guilds for failure to go along with false worship um, would feel some vindication when reading this. There's no sound of the mill. There's no grain being ground. There's no bread to eat. No gathering his families around the table. No lights in the houses. All is dark. The family disintegrates. There's no more weddings. There's no more normality. Again, all echoing Jeremiah's words, 
I will banish from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones and the light of the lamp. The entire society, life as we know it, collapsed. The joy is gone. And at last, the martyrs hear the final evidence of judgment. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and all who have been slain on earth. What a final, solemn reminder of the world's guilt. May I say this day came for Tyre, came for Babylon, it came for Rome. And should Jesus tarry, given the current direction of our nation, it will come for us. You know, Gladys Knight saying about returning to a simpler place in time. Oh, how I've often longed for that, but it doesn't seem to be. Perhaps as a nation, we've reached the point of no return. Yes, we pray for revival. We need to pray for God to revive His work in the midst of the years. But friends, we also pray what? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. So what about us? In 45 years after writing American Pie and keeping people guessing, Don McLean confirmed what a lot of people thought, that he, he was referring back to the deaths of Buddy, Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper in that plane crash in 1959. But almost prophetically, he saw their death as a metaphor for the cultural decline taking place in our nation. He said, basically, in American Pie, things are heading in the wrong direction. It's becoming less ideal, less idyllic. I was around in 1970, and I'm around in 2015. There's no poetry and very little romance in anything anymore. So it is really like the last phase of American Pie. So Revelation 18 is rather clear. Whether it's symphonies and pop or jazz and rock or country and opera or hip-hop and rap. How the music played used to make everybody smile. But no longer. It's the day the music died. American Pie will come to an end. Now we as followers of Christ are told two specific things to do in this chapter. First is to come out of her. To come out of Babylon. No, it's not a physical command to come out. It's not a command to leave the world. We cannot isolate ourselves. But it is a call to bring our hearts out of the world. To be sure they're attached to Jesus and not this world. We're called to be holy. We're called to be salt and light in the world around us. To bear witness to Jesus with our actions and with our words. But second, we're called to rejoice. Because God is vindicated here. And God is glorified for His splendor, His majesty, His holiness, His love. For His perfect justice. And we're given a marvelous picture of what that looks like for the people of God. We find it in Jeremiah's words. And in, in, in that case, he's specifically talking about the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the exile. But listen to what he says. In the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man or inhabitant or beast, there shall be heard again the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voices of those who sing, Give thanks to the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And friends, that place will be the new heavens and the new earth. 
And we will be forever with the Lord. Because you see, for us, the music will not die. For us, the music never ends. So on that day when our Savior's coming, and the end is here and our time has come, still our souls will sing His praise unending. 10,000 years, and then, then, forever, forever, forever. Let's pray. Father, what hope we have as the people of God in the midst of a fallen world. Uh, Father, we we grieve for the sin we see around us, Father. Uh, Lord, it's imperative that we have the Great Commission, that we have the task to take the good news of the Gospel, Father, to tell them of Jesus and His love. Lord, to sing of our Redeemer and His wondrous love for us, that on the cruel cross He suffered and gives life to all who turn to Him. Father, help us take out that message. And Lord, if there's anybody here today that doesn't yet believe that, has not yet embraced Jesus as Savior, and Lord, Lord, draw them to Yourself today, we pray. Then, Father, help us as Your people to come out of Babylon, Lord, to bring our hearts out, to attach our hearts to Jesus. Father, to focus our hearts on Him and His great love. And Father, rejoice that You're a just God, a holy God, a loving God, a merciful God, a God who has saved us through the blood of Your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray in His name. Amen.